Welcome to Tiki Central Canada. Ever wonder what's in that cool, refreshing drink that you just have to have on that hot summer's day? Mmm, me too. Picture a man going on a journey beyond sight and sound. He has left society. He has entered Tiki Central with palm trees, beach sand, blue skies, and God, get me a drink now. Here are your hosts, Craig, Cam, and Paula, and their wacky views in drinks, life, and maybe information? Hey folks, and hey, how we doing? It's Craig here from Tiki Central Canada. I'll be your bartender, host, and hopefully information for the hour. We'll You're not see how it goes. anymore? Oh no, I'm a mixologist too. Here we go. There's Paula, how we doing? Paula's here in the show, in the studio, yes. Oh, I How thought we you were going to start over. No, no, no. <laughs> hey, hey. Let us keep going. Why we're not? Roll, good. I'm good. I'm good. Roll, roll tape. There we go. So, well, how are we doing, Paula? How are we doing? I'm good. I'm good. Yeah, yeah. How are you, Craig? I'm doing good. I just came back from Belleville, so we had some time on the beach. You look good. You look, you look yeah, like you're I got a little bit of color. Uh, bronzed. <laughs> no. <laughs> Golden. Yeah. No one got spray tan. No, no. <laughs> I was on the beach for a while. Tanned. Yeah, yeah, tanned. That's where there I was we go. Going. I'm tanned. Yeah, yeah. That's where I was there looking we go. for. You, what have you been doing up this last week or so? Just seeing uh, things around the house? Yeah. Have you been enjoying your pool, I imagine? Yes, yes I've, been, I've been in the pool a lot because it's been so hot. So hot, I know. It's been and crazy. yes, this is me complaining because I am a winter chick. I like winter. So I am complaining because <laughs> I don't Brazil, like hot. Folks. Well, yes, it's already like I, I didn't move all the way to Canada to be hot. I know, I'm just saying is it's, it's funny someone from Brazil going, I love winter. Yes, because we don't have it there. <laughs> I know. Yeah, people should experience it. There we I, go. I agree. Hey, here's Mark. How are we doing, Mark? Oh, we're doing okay. Awesome. And how's your week going? You were working today. You just yeah, ran a, like a bat out of hell to here. Yeah, I worked and worked and I've been working and... Well, that's wow, good. Fun. I mean, compared to like where you were before with COVID, like you weren't working at all. So like yeah. now you're at least working. Yeah, we so. were, uh, we're, we've cocooned ourselves behind a... Uh, a plastic, we look like we're in a terrarium now. <laughs> we're, just, we're just lizards. That's so people give us stuff and now it's like, we're happy. Do you have a little heat lamp on you and everything? <laughs> That's right. So you don't have to be with a mask all day? Yeah, we have the mask. Oh. Mask. Well, get you the sanitizer. In theory, you don't have to have the mask behind the terrarium. Yeah. But I keep it on anyways, because yeah. you never know when you'll out, you'll go outside your bubble. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. And well, also too, you see people like they got, so there's like the mask, there's a shield as well. I've seen that. My boss wanted me to wear one. He's like, why don't you wear, wear the shield instead of the mask? I'm like, first of all, you can't take the shield off and on. It's either on, you know what I mean? Or you have it completely off. Or the mask, I can pull it down. Like when I'm, in, when I'm on the patio, I can pull it down so I can talk to somebody. So I don't have to talk through the mask. Yeah. So it's, it's a bit of a plus on that one. And also too, I just feel like I'd be like Darth Vader, like, I am your father. <laughs> yeah. The one thing about the, uh, the visor, the, the shield, it's really tough to talk on the phone. It's like thunk every time. And you go, yeah. ah. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> And they probably hang up like, oh my God, what the hell was that? <laughs> Lord. So anyway, on that note. <laughs> what are we talking about today? So today the drink we're going to be talking about is a Cosmopolitan Classic Cocktail. Ooh, is dun, that the dun, Sex dun, in dun. the, that's the Sex in the City one, that right? That is totally Sex in the City. So that's Exactly. That's actually one of the reasons why it came up. And because I love it's sex in the city. it. It's so pretty. Yes, it's a pretty pink. Yes, it's very tasty. But is that a tiki drink though? No, so actually it's not a tiki drink, but I thought that, you know, it is a summertime drink. It is a drink you've enjoyed during the summer, as Mark is enjoying right now. Can I have another <laughs> sip? I want to... That's right, yeah. It's such a pretty it's, drink. It's funny, so you have to picture it, folks. Basically, Mark is like a big guy, and he's got this little coupe glass in his hand, and he's like... 
Oh, that's delightful. It, it does not suit you for real. <laughs> it, it looks well, so, all weird. Should I put it in the shot glass? That's right. <laughs> no, like, and the fact that it's it's this little coop glass, pink, <laughs> pink blue drink. Look at that. Like put, there put the you go. Out. I know. Oh my the god. Pinky's up. There we go. Look at the, his fingers are bigger it's, than the the cup. I know. It's, <laughs> you can't see the cup with his hand. His hand. It's like <laughs> it's, it's too cute. Gone. It's like. You're like a big Santa, you know that. Yeah. It's too cute. Oh, oh, it's like this buddy of mine there. He's big, lad. And he had one of those little tiny mini Coronas. Yeah. Oh, God. <laughs> and he was at a beach like Santa. He must have looked like just and so, huge. So he was like a quarter mile out there and he's still only up to his knees, right? Yeah. With this thing that looked, a beer that looked like a baby bottle in his hand, right? And it's just like, oh my God, it's a giant. <laughs> he's big. That's what it looks he's like big, right yeah. now. You with that little pink glass. Little like, coupe glass. There we go. It looks like, it's, it looks like you're going to have tea with a four-year-old girl, <laughs> you know, like on a little setup. And a you're like. tea party. With a pretend cup that do, it has do, like pretend. Do I need like a tiara and stuff now? Pretend it's your granddaughter. You know what there I mean? There you go. Like, He's like, if yeah. you had one. Sure. Yeah, yeah. Okay. It'd be like, so grandpa, here, here's your Cosmo. <laughs> and I'll have my tea. I'll have my tea, you know, because <laughs> you don't do tea, grandpa. You do Cosmos. Exactly. <laughs> but it's a pink drink and it's so pretty, which it is, guys. <laughs> like, it, it actually is beautiful. It looks like it's like three or four things, right? It doesn't yeah. look too complicated. Yeah, it's not too complicated. Nope. It would have been actually on the last show, which was the three or four ingredient yeah. one, but it actually has five ingredients. Ah. So it just was under the wire. Missed, Missed the by cut. one. It was north of the line. That Missed close. it by that much. That much. <laughs> There's a fine line to buy. <laughs> What's that from? From? Uh, get Smart. Oh, Get Smart. That's right. Yes. Missed it by that much. Mm-hmm. Would you believe two Boy Scouts <laughs> and two dogs? No, I don't. Okay, well. So <laughs> She's just like, what are they talking about? So let's just about? move yeah. along here now. No, okay. I, I just <laughs> like, I'm bored already with the conversation. <laughs> just American, you know, culture stuff. Yes, whatever, I'm sure. Yeah. I'm sure. It's like nothing, nothing important. <laughs> so how did this drink start then? So the origin of this drink goes way back to 1985. And the girl that created it was Wait, Cheryl. So it's, it's not way, way back. Like usually like, you go way back oh, to, to the 40s or, 40s. or yeah, 1800s exactly. and blah, blah, blah. Yeah, exactly. To the nope. ships and the No, nope, because it is, is a very modern, like you said, cosmopolitan metropolitan drink. It started in 1985 with Cheryl Cook. Now there was a in drink. In Manhattan. In New York, yes. Okay. Yeah, so there is a drink that does go back in the 1930s. That was kind of similar. It actually had gin, triple sec, and raspberries. So it was kind of close to this recipe. And I don't know if it's one that basically maybe she used as a base and then kind of built from it. But the story goes that Cheryl actually was approached by Absolute Vodka. Because Vodka actually had a new product, which is the Citron Vodka. And Cheryl was a bartender in New York. That's right. Okay. And uh, so anyways, they approached her and said, we've got this new product. We want you to make a drink for it. So she created the drink and it spread like wildfire through New York to the point where basically other people were claiming it like, no, 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 she didn't make it. I've made this drink years ago and I just never put it into a menu. Uh-huh. Remember the, the, the whole Don Beach? Yeah. Yeah, no, I made the Mai Tai, but I never put it on a menu. Yeah, right. So it's the same thing. People were like, no, 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 this was made by somebody else. Yeah, this and is just, my zombie. I made is, the you know, zombie. Exactly. So there was lots of people, you know, saying, no, it was made by this person, that person. So a big, huge name in New York and a big, huge name in cocktail history Mr. Dale DeGraft, and we'll go in more into depth into him. He basically said, no, no, this actually was created by Cheryl Cook. She was the one who created it. And what he did is he actually took the recipe and then retooled it for the Rainbow Room where he was working, which is NBC Studios. Nowadays. So retool, what I mean by that is that she, he took the original recipe and Dale was really well known for 
real ingredients. So real lime juice, real orange juice, nothing out of a gun. Uh, you know, not even in, even his grenadine pot would have been, you know, like his pomegranate would have been something real. He didn't like anything artificial, so he got away from all that. So he took the her recipe, which probably had uh, the sweet and sour mix, and he put, he put in there lime juice and simple syrup to make it more realistic. Um, so anyways, what ended up happening, so the whole story that goes back, the Telegraph talking about the whole history of the Cosmopolitan, is that the Grammys were moved to New York City. So Grammys is a big, huge, obviously, event. Yeah. Yearly event. And it was moved to New York City at the Radio City Hall, which is right beside where actually he was working. Rockefeller Plaza. There we go. And so Dale DeGraff was the head bartender of the after parties. I'm guessing he's still alive. Oh, yeah. Dale DeGraff's still alive. Oh, yeah. He's old. He's up there. But, yeah, he's still alive. And so, anyways, so he was the head bartender at the after parties. Now, the after parties was actually split into three major sections. And Madonna was one major section of this after party. Of course she was in the 80s. Oh, yeah, for sure. <laughs> she was so the major. Her and her entourage insisted that the entire night, the only thing drink they had or given to them and be photographed with was the Cosmopolitan. Nice. Now, this is also, too, the, the performance that Madonna did in the Grammys where she did for the first time like a virgin in the wedding gown. Oh, live, wow. Which was very, at that time, very controversial. You know, yeah. it was very risque because no one ever did something like that on stu- on, on, on live TV. But no right? one ever forgot it either. No, I remember that one for sure. So iconic. Yeah, exactly. She was always one of those ones that kind of like broke the barrier on things. Yep. Yeah. You know what I mean? Pushing so, the boundaries. Pushing the boundaries. Like, wasn't she also the one that did, I can't remember the video is where she has a black lover in yeah. the video. Yes. And of course, back then it was like, ooh, that's risque. You know, like, you just don't do that. And yeah, she said, no, I'm going to do it. She was almost yeah. always semi-naked yeah, on the stage. Pop, and the Papa don't preach. And yeah. The church, Papa don't preach. Exactly. The with church. The, with the, the, yeah. the crosses and everything. And like everything. she did. Yeah. And she, the, her name. Yeah. <laughs> Like Madonna itself. Exactly. It's very like, religious. That's, that's already. And she's not religious. Sacrilegious. <laughs> exactly. Right there. Yeah. So what ended up happening was that, so then she had pictures taken with her with this cosmopolitan and her whole entourage. And so all of a sudden what happened was that the press started calling Dale and saying like, what's this drink that she's holding? We must know what this drink's called. And he's, you know, it's like, that's a cosmopolitan. So it came into the newspapers in New York, but all of a sudden Dale was getting phone calls from around the world like England and Russia and Germany and all of them wanted to know what is this drink that Madonna's drinking and what is in it. So basically he was like giving up the recipes to all these different places. And when that happened, it got back to absolute that Dale DeGraff was now becoming this world famous bartender giving this recipe out for the Cosmopolitan. So they actually went to him and said that we want you to become an ambassador for absolute vodka and bring it to the UK. So it was really cool. So what ended up happening was in the UK, the, the event that he brought this drink to them and presented to them, he actually had to do 150 Cosmos. <laughs> and he actually had to do the orange, flaming orange peel, which we'll, we'll get into when we get to the recipe, which was a lot of work, <laughs> I'm sure. So he goes and does this tour in UK, shows everyone in UK about the, the whole Cosmopolitan thing with Absolute Vodka, comes back to the States, and then Ocean Spray, which is the cocktail, the cranberry cocktail, they call him up and say that we want you to be our ambassador to this drink. And he goes on another world tour. So basically he's like, now he's like, he's feeling like, oh my God, I'm like the celebrity bartender yeah. that everybody wants. You know, and meanwhile, like, where's Cheryl that actually invented oh, it? Oh, I know. I know. Those are the thing you probably, I knew you are going to ask that. Well, what happened was that they were basically crossing paths and she was moving and he was moving around the world. And he was trying to get back to her and communicate back to her. Like, you know, like, hey, I want you to be part of this and whatever, but he could never find her. 
At one point, once he got back from the Ocean Spray tour, he did find her and said that, just to let you know, everywhere I went, you know, people are asking me, like, who created the original drink? And he said that I backed it up completely saying that you are the one who created this drink from the get-go. Yeah, and that you're just I, not getting the, the publicity, the, yeah. the money, no, the <laughs> fame. Not the huge money, but some money. Eh. Yeah. Plus your name's on the drink. Yeah, exactly, yeah. Where in the drink? Uh, if you go into a, a proper cocktail book, it will you will see her, it. You will have her name beside it. Yeah, sure, but you'll probably have Dale's too. Well, you know, so, like I said, Dale retooled it. So basically, what he did is he took her drink and then changed it. What like did he you change said, it to? Well, so what he did is he took the artificial flavors that she had in the drink, like the sweet and sour mix, and then he put in like real lime juice, oh, real so simple she syrup. Had, it, and real. Initially, it was sweet and sour mix. Right, it was originally sweet and sour mix. Uh, yeah, because that's so, the way the drinks were in the. Uh, Everything was, still, it was, everything was quick, 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 now, 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 yeah. right? So yeah. everything's artificial this, artificial that. Yeah. And so this kind of stuff actually brought real uh, cocktails to the real forefront Real cocktails again. to the forefront again. So, so basically, so he's this a pioneer. Actually, yeah, helped the tiki, well, the, the cocktails the tiki in general. scene also, right? Exactly, helped the tiki as well. Because then tiki is all about real ingredients. Yes. So Dell helping us and saying, hey, no, we're only going to make cocktails with real ingredients really actually helped revive tiki as well. I can imagine, yeah. because this is 85, right? Yeah. And, exactly. And so the tiki got to, movement started. So yeah. So now, now the the tiki resurgence was starting in, in like the late '80s, early '90s. You know, people getting back into the the Polynesian pop, yeah. and all that kind of stuff. Looking at the architecture and things like that. So yeah, and it was all just everything helped. Everything yep. just moved exactly, forward. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Because during the '70s, it was all about clubs and dancing. Yeah. The drinks became the background. They weren't the foreground. They were the background. So basically, everyone was doing clubs and everyone wanted to dance. And yes, the drugs were in, in yeah, play as well. Yeah, I was going to well. say that. It's like Cocaine the studio, studio 54. Studio 54, things like that. A lot of drugs, a like lot of coke. Yeah, exactly. A lot of right you know, free loving and whatever. Yeah, so then, right after Woodstock. So that's me. If you think about every decade, there's some sort of trend of yeah, some kind, exactly. right? So this is what the trend was for the 80s, was fresh ingredients and things like this. Good, good. I'm so that glad. was done by Dale Grugraff, which actually, yeah, like I said, he became the ambassador to Ocean Spray and Absolute Vodka as well. It's it's nice that, that he kept her name alive, though. I think that's very nice. Yeah, he was really and... pushing the insistence, like, you know what? No, no, it wasn't made by his... Because there's like three or four other names that were thrown out there. And he said, no, it actually is made by Cheryl Cook, and I actually, you know, admire hers, and I took her recipe, and I just made it to my own little spin. And, okay, so it was really great drink. You you, you did a fine Cosmo. Uh, <laughs> we did it in two different glasses, by the way, so we, yeah, we'll yeah. go through the glassware, but yeah. Uh, so what's in it? Okay, so let's break down the, the recipe for you guys. So it's going to be two ounces of citron vodka, and that is citron vodka. Now, if you don't have citron vodka and you have just regular vodka, there will be a difference in the taste, so you will see a bit of a difference. So you might want to, if you just have regular vodka, you might want to jack up your lime juice a little bit just to get that citrus, more citrus in there. So it's going to be two ounces of citron vodka, one ounce of carousel. Now that could be a Cointreau. I wouldn't use Grand Marnier. Um, the lowest I probably go is like triple sec, but I wouldn't go anything like Grand Marnier because Grand Marnier might be too sweet. And uh, really, Grand Marnier also too, the orange, it really brings up more orange than normal, I think. I mean, great mark. Yeah. I, mean, yeah, I just the, find it uh, too the sweet. Curacao is more, is less, less sweet. Exactly. It, you know, it's less, less, I don't know, what's the word? Cloying? <laughs> is that a can word? Really? <laughs> really? What? No. <laughs> Grandma and you taste like candy sometimes. You're you're trying to make this show like a half and half, like half we learn about tiki and half it's me learning English. Because <laughs> apparently I'm we're trying told, to think of a word that we were would describe. Told we don't heard it like this is like an English class. <laughs> in a drink other than just a B fifty two shooter or whatever. The um, it, I don't know. Grandma and I sweet. find really sweet and yeah. like and uh, when you put it in a drink, it, it tends to overpower it. It's I true. See. It overpowers everything yeah. else in the drink. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. 
So you want to use carousel or Cointreau in that, or triple sec. And then a quarter ounce of simple syrup, which is sugar and water. We talked about that in that before in the past. Half ounce of lime juice. And then one ounce of cranberry. Now, this is really important because I see so many bartenders make this drink incorrectly. And yes, when you look on the movies and you watch on TV shows like Sex and the City, it's red. It's not supposed to be red. So it's one ounce of cranberry, not two or three or four ounces of cranberry. It's supposed to be only one ounce. It's supposed to be like a, basically almost like a splash of cranberry in your mixer, in your shaker when you do this. Because you want it to be like a nice pinkish sort of cloudy and it's beautiful. Uh, hue. Exactly. Yeah, it look, looks like pink lemonade. It looks, it yes, looks like pink it lemonade. It looks like something a, a unicorn would drink. Exactly. Yeah. Oh, the unicorn. Oh, or so a lovely. And it's just so funny because, you know, Mark's a big guy and he's carrying around his little coupe glass. <laughs> it just looks interesting. <laughs> I, feel da- I feel dainty. You feel dainty. Yes, you do. <laughs> oh, he's so dainty now. You're very... He's, see, he's getting soft now. See, there you yeah. go. <laughs> he's always soft. Oh. <laughs> he's a big teddy bear. A, I know, a Santa yeah, Claus true. teddy bear. He's a big teddy bear. <laughs> he's going to be doing the Christmas special. There you go. Yeah. Aw. <laughs> ha, ha, ha. No, that's not right. I'll have to practice. Oh, oh, oh. And so, now, did you shake this guy or did you stir it? So, this is going to be a shake and drink. Yes. So, what you're going to do is you're going to shake all those ingredients in a shaker. Then, what you're going to do is you're going to finely strain. So, if you find that there's lots of chunks in there of ice, you want to probably double strain this mm-hmm. into a chilled martini or coupe glass. So, we did both the coupe and the martini glass. The coupe filled it right to the pretty well the top. The martini was kind of about three quarters of the way up the martini glass. But uh, either way, you can do it. But I really prefer the coupe. I think it's just got a little more class to it and kind of gives it a little more elegance to it. Yeah, I like the coupe glass, too, because yeah. you can put more in the freezer. There you go. We can put more coupe glass. <laughs> you, you can actually He's looking at it from a quantity instead of a quality <laughs> kind of perspective. Like, I want four Cosmos, please. Thank you. Uh, yeah, so you actually you can you know, chill your glass. Um, so what you can do in a situation, if you can't put your glasses in the fridge or freezer, we've talked about this before, me and Mark have on the last show, is take your glass, put a little bit, a couple of ice cubes in there, fill it with water, and so then while you're making your drink, it's actually chilling the glass down. And then you just dump all that stuff before yeah. you put it in the glass. So there wasn't any garnish on ours. Is there supposed to be garnish with it? So uh, I have done in the past a cherry, which kind of looks cool on the bottom. But actually the Dale DeGraff technique that he uses on this, and uh, I've done it once before. I'm, I'm not an expert at this. I'm getting to work on it a little bit better. It's called the flaming orange peel. And so a lot of expert bartenders use this for not just only this drink, but they use it for, like, say, old fashions. They'll use it on a lot of other drinks that actually have orange liqueur in them. And so what you're simply going to do is, you, and we'll put a video on there so you guys can see it. You basically do is you peel off, like, kind of one side, just the skin only, like, not the orange itself, but just the skin, peel off, like, one side. So you kind of get, like, a maybe one, two inch wide and about three or four inches long, maybe, let's say, okay? And then what you're going to do is you're going to kind of curl it so it's like you're bending it. And when you bend it, you kind of bend it over top of the drink. And what's going to happen is the oils that are in that skin are going to come out, some extracts. And you actually smell that when you do it. And so what you can do for the flaming part of it is actually when you squeeze it, those oils are actually flammable. So you can actually light them and you get like almost like a little burst. And what that actually does is actually not only does it put the orange aroma on the drink itself, but you kind of get this mist in the air. You can smell it, right, Mark? So, yeah, it'd be very aromatic. Exactly, yeah. So that is uh, the garnish for that. Now, if you're, like I said, don't go out there and start, like, trying to, like, set fire to orange peels. If you're not an expert, practice it out, you know what I mean? The best part, basically, I would say, if you don't want to kind of, you're all kind of nervous about it, is just squeezing the orange peel, getting the extracts out of it and into the drink, and then you can always just dump that in the drink if you want as well. But like I said, I've done cherries because it looks really cool because you get the pink and then also you get the cherry at the bottom. 
looks kind of neat. So there's two different ways you can do the garnish you want to, for sure. So I have a question. Yes. Oh, yeah. Are you ever going to talk about the, the variations of this drink? Yeah, so one thing that I noticed in some of the videos I saw, and uh, I actually tried it out myself. I didn't do it in any one of these. Uh, you could actually add some Luxero uh, Maraschino liqueur. So the cherry liqueur, you could actually add a little bit of that to it, maybe like a half ounce. And uh, it gives a bit of a punch. Nice. Yeah. A punch of what type of punch? Like more, more it's a little more layers. It's got a little more layers to it. More flavor. It's got a little alcohol. more complex. Hmm. Yeah, it's a little also a little more complex. <laughs> well, exactly. See, I did not expect this drink to be as strong as it's proving to be. Well, it's like a martini. Which like I have never had either. Yeah. Mar martinis reances too. Yeah, martinis like like seriously virtually all alcohol. Yeah, exactly. This that, is well, this is that's all. why they're great. So, Mark, do you love martinis? See, I, I'm not a big fan of martinis. I'm just kind of curious. I like them. Um, well, see, I was never a big fan of gin for the longest time. Right. It was a childhood accident. We, do, we don't like to talk about it. So. <laughs> is that a cautionary tale we just don't know about? There yeah, we go. No, no, no. We okay. Don't, no, we, don't. we don't talk about it. Okay. Uh, but I am acquiring a taste for gin again. There you go. And um, so I do like my martinis. Uh, how do I describe it? Like very dry. Yes. Like the vermouth and the uh, gin just kind of introduce each other. That's right. <laughs> like, Actually, I got a really nice one that uh, you take a little bit of uh, the vermouth, a really dry vermouth, yep. and you just kind of swirl it in the bottom of the coupe glass. And then you toss it away. It, and you put it in the freezer. Oh, okay. Because I thought it was like, okay. And then, so you have essentially the frozen drink with vermouth around it, frozen glass. There you go. And then you just pour the gin right into it. Oh, very cool. Done. I actually teach, uh, I was doing teaching as bartenders, by the way, at a, 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 a seminar just recently. And one of them asked me about martinis and like, so they're like, well, you know, here like dry, very dry. Uh, what's the difference? And you think, okay, so there actually is a, something called dry vermouth, which is part of the recipe. And you think if they said extra dry or more dry, we, we would put in more dry vermouth. You actually put in less dry vermouth. Yeah. So basically gin or vodka and then less of the dry vermouth to make it drier and drier. To the point where actually I had a guy, I kid you not, would come in as a regular. He goes, great, I want it so dry that you just do is take the dry vermouth bottle, hover it around the glass, <laughs> and then put it back in the on the rail. Like, yeah, but then don't it even pour the taste, it. it? <laughs> no, then it's just gin. It's just gin then. So that's a very, very dry martini. <laughs> then you put an olive in it, and that's a martini. There you go. It's a martini. Or it's you, just like a look of stun. Or, is like, what? or if you don't like a martini, you just take a, a pickled onion and put it in, and it's now a... I can't remember what it's called. It? A gimlet. Gimlet. There you yeah, go. it's a gimlet. Same drink, only with an onion instead of an Yes. Olive. Actually, you know what? I saw was, we're shopping you know, in Belleville today, uh, yesterday, and they had jar uh, un, uh, pickled onions. And I'm like, oh, should I take a jar? Should I take them back home with me? Because then uh, one time I might ask for, someone might ask me for a gimlet. Yeah. I've got it. <laughs> it's like. <laughs> did you know? No, I did not. I did not. All right. So obviously we're talking about the Cosmopolitan and one of the big splashes or big things that affected the cosmopolitan was sex in the city oh i did sex know that in the city <laughs> you did know she's like i didn't I even did knew know. that craig why are we talking about did you not make know? me say i did not know and i did know <laughs> yeah so sex in the city is one of the things that made the cosmopolitan what it is today it's a big huge thing uh in the 80s during so during sorry during the 90s when they made sex in the city all of a sudden everybody wanted to drink a cosmopolitan yeah and so we're going to talk about some cool facts about sex in the city wait what let me let me give you a cool fact okay did you know that Carrie Bradshaw, which is Sarah Jessica Parker, yes, she does not touch a Cosmopolitan until season two? Did not know that. Exactly. Okay, so I have to ask Paula. I, also, I can't. I, also, I can't ask Mark this question. So, of all the four characters, which one is a your favorite, or one who the, you can most relate to of the four characters? Uh, I definitely I, I, the most 
Okay. She's like, I don't want to answer this because I, I don't do. know what no, people are going to think. It's easy. I, I'm definitely a Charlotte. Okay, you're a Charlotte. Okay. Nowadays. Yeah. <laughs> like, everyone's had, like, every single, well, no, not every single girl, sure, but, like, I've had my Carrie moments. I've had my Samantha moments. And right. I've had and I my think every girl's Miranda, had those moments, well, right? Yeah. Miranda less, because, you know, she's just very focused on work. Yeah. I've never been that. So... So you'd be a Charlotte then? Yeah, I definitely, okay. I spent most of my life looking for the right guy to get married and have kids and all that thing. So you had right? a game plan like yeah, she did, right? Like, exactly, yeah. That was always my plan. Like, every single guy I did, it was like, okay, do I see myself marrying him? You know, like, exactly like her. Like, yeah. So and, like, when and you, you watch you the mature. show, so when you watch the show, you're just like, oh, I idol her. Not anymore. I, I just binged it, like, a couple months ago. Yeah. So it's very fresh in my memory. Yeah. I remember when I watched it, and I was younger. Yeah. I would relate much more because I still hadn't found found the guy. Yeah. And I was still in that obsessive type of that she is. Yeah. She's very compulsively obsessive about is this the husband? Is this the guy that right. I'm gonna marry? Yeah. So nowadays I kind of regret I look at it and I'm like, oh God, like she was a little too much, you know, like just take a breather, woman. Relax, you know. It's not all about marriage. Oh my God. Yeah, but 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 then I, I go back and I remember when I was still trying to find yes, the right guy. Right. And it, it is it is an obsessive thing because right. it's just so frustrating when you keep looking and looking. It's never him, you know, and you're mm -hmm. like, crap. That's like I'm getting guy. old. The, the the clock is ticking here, like the yeah. biological clock, you know. <laughs> yeah. Like something's got to give eventually. Yeah, the ticking gets louder. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Not for us guys, we're just like you know, I'm pretty okay. Yeah. Uh, you know. <laughs> exactly, and then anyhow. So, so okay, no, I was just, I was just kind of curious to see which kind of character you can relate yourself to. There I you go. relate cool. much more to her. Okay. Uh, and and uh, if uh, second place would be Carrie, because okay. you know everyone I think can relate more to Carrie in that sense. Well, the interesting thing about Carrie character is that she's always asking the questions. Like she, cause, you know, obviously if you've watched the show, I'm sure the guys listening would be like, I have no clue, you know, half these facts we're talking about. But she wrote like an, a, a sex article, and every a sex article started off with a question. And yeah. I'm sure I'm thinking like, I bet you all women think these questions out. Yeah. You know what I mean? That she's asking. But not only that, like you have that one guy that you fall in love with. Like so many girls have that. That yeah. one guy that, you know, is that one for you. Yeah. But it never works out and you kind of like go separate ways many Mr. times. Big. Yeah, exactly. And then yeah. you end up, but you still have him in the back of your mind, you know, like He's and you guy. end up going back to him eventually. Like there's always at least once or twice in the season, you know, that she's with someone else. She's and she, fine and dandy. And then she sees him and her world shatters. Shatters. Exactly. We have that. Yeah. Like, it's so common to happen. I think that even is it's the same situation for guys. You know, there's like that one girl that we probably dated. If we bumped into him, it's just like, oh, I really was really in love with her. And she, I really thought she was the one. You know what I mean? Like, you just, it, I'm sure it's for most, even for guys, it's like that too. Yeah. And, and the know? fact that, you know, they didn't really resolve well that, that ending. It There's was no always, closure. you know, no closure. Yeah. It was always all over the place. So it, it was just very latent, right? Yeah. It was always like an open wound for them. Yeah. So I think a lot of people can relate to that type of girl. Exactly. That yeah. is trying to, you know, pretend that they're the, you know, powerful single lady, you know, like I can do it all on my own. Woohoo. Like I'm yeah. single in New York. Let's go have fun. But, you know, in the end of the day, you're just empty. Yeah, you want you, you want, want you want some, that something else, you know, yeah. that je ne sais quoi. Exactly, yeah. Which you know what it is. It's not a je ne sais quoi because you know <laughs> what it is that you're missing. That's right. So <laughs> Mark's like, I can't relate to this at all. Uh, I, I could not name. <laughs> you you it's married like, your high school sweetheart, didn't you? No, I 
She didn't go to high school. No. <laughs> <laughs> what, you do get her in grade five or something? Yeah, yeah, no, no. She's no, the no. one. No, no. <laughs> so, I, uh, it was actually, I worked with her and then I left that workplace and, and then we started dating. But you had, how old were you? Like 20? You've been with her like forever? 27. So you had a couple girlfriends before Linda. Oh no, I was, uh, I was raised in a monastery. Idiot. Yeah, right. <laughs> Answer the question Boy. properly. Yes, the answer is yes. Movo. <laughs> <laughs> don't, don't you play don't me for play a fool like that. Fool. I'm asking you a normal question. Yeah, so. So Linda's the love of your life and that's what matters in the oh, end. Oh, absolutely. Okay, good. There's the answer. There we go. So that's a good answer. So you're, you're her Mr. Big, I guess. Yeah, I guess so. <laughs> oh, you know, I, I, I actually. I'm in the prob- end. Yeah, I'm Mr. Um, yeah, I can tolerate him. <laughs> Oh, God. You're Mr. Medium. Yes, Mr. Medium. <laughs> not big, not That's small. Right. I'm Mr. Just Medium. Just in the middle. Mr. Just right. I'm right down the middle somewhere. Mr. Down the middle. How we go? <laughs> go. Okay. So, anyway, some cool facts. Yeah, let's go over that, okay? Yeah. Some cool facts about Sex in the City. So, when Kim uh, Cartrell was actually offered the role of Samantha Jones in the show, of, uh, of course, the, they told her to see a show about sex, she was like 42 at the time. So, she, she was very intimidated because the rest of the actresses were all like in their like maybe late 20s. Yeah, so, and she's still hot as hell in the show. She's oh my god! I, 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 for me, she is the hottest one of all of them for sure, bar none. Yep. Um, so, you anyways, more attitude than actual looks. Yep. No, I, I, I think she actually is a very sexy woman. I, I think so. I mean, yes, she's obviously got that very, you know, powerful person and very yeah. powerful personality. But even if I just saw her walking down the street, if I saw all four of them walking down the street, she'd be the one I'd pick out for sure. No, I don't listen to that. Anyways, uh, yeah. <laughs> so, anyways, because she's 42 years old, she felt like, okay, so she actually had to work out every day. She had a, a chef come in and give her to control her diet. Um, she did all kinds of stuff to basically to maintain the same energy level. Because she thought, she even said in an interview, she's like, you know, at 42 years old and you shoot all day, you get tired at the end of it. Yeah. And meanwhile, these other actresses, you know, they're half, not, well, not half her age, but, you know, 29, whatever. They could, you know, keep going and going. Party. And she's like, yeah, exactly. And she's just like, I just want to go back to bed, you know, like, so that's the situation. So another cool fact, Mr. Big, which we obviously talked about. And if you've never seen the show, um, you probably even know who he is. That's the thing. He's such a big character in the yeah. show. I think he's actually even bigger than, I hate to say it, than the, even some of the girls in the show. Yep, that's true. You know what I mean? Like, if you're a guy. Of course. And you've never seen Sex and the City, you still know who Mr. Big is. I, I would hope so. You know what I mean? Big. So. Big. big. Yeah. Yeah, big. Big character. So, anyways, the original person that was offered the character was Alec Baldwin. I can was see actually that. Offered the character. I can totally see that. Yeah. So, actually, he turned it down. And then, so here's the, the list of people they ran through. So, George Clooney was the next one down the nope. line. No, can't see that. I can't see that. Warren Betty. Yeah. I could see that. Uh, he's yeah. He's kind of a bit of a jerk. He would have um, He would have been kind of old, though. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, but Kate, George Clooney, hello. I mean... Yeah, but, but he this, wasn't this, at that time. Yeah, I know. But George Clooney Warren did was. gray earlier in life. You remember that too, right? Yeah. But so, not then yet. It's still the yeah, Warren still Betty, the I don't know. If, yeah, but... Yeah, anyway, so... Anyway, Warren Betty was another name thrown in there. Matthew McConaughey was another name that they threw he in there. He was too young. But too young, but also too... He's just, he's just too... Uh, Hippie. Hey, man, you know... What was the phrase you said? All right, all right, all right. All right. Yeah, I can yeah. see him doing it. Hey, Sarah. I, I mean, can't imagine Big with a, a Texan accent. All right, all right, all right. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. Or ice fishing out of the back of a car. Or no well, shirt. It'd be like, hey, Matthew. No, but you, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. he, he can't really play anything without an accent. He has that very thick accent. And, yeah, and I adore it. He like, doesn't have the New York accent. Exactly. Don't get me yeah. wrong. Yeah. I, I love Matthew McConaughey. No matter how he, he can come in, in, in mud and I will still have him. Yeah. But it's the accent. Like, yeah, I can't imagine big 
being with, with an accent. All right, all right, all right. You know, exactly. And also, too, but can you imagine the directors? Matthew, can you please put the shirt back on? And no. uh, please, you're going to need to bathe because they were talking about you stinking. You, and you need to cut your hair. And you need to cut your hair. Because you need to look like a financial guy. Advisor, from New York. exactly. Yeah. You're not a CEO. No. <laughs> Although he did apparently a really good job of what's that one he did with uh, Leonardo DiCaprio where he's like the. Is it Wall Street? Yeah, was well, he? Yeah, Wolf He's in Wall, Wall Street. Street. So he is actually, he can dress up. You know what I mean? So, uh, so they, they actually, of course, ended up with Chris Noth. So Chris Noth actually is a guy that actually been in being Mr. Big, which I is also, he did an awesome job. To me, he's just Mr. Big. I have never known him for his real name. Well, here's the funny thing. So actually, back then, I used to watch Law & Order. Okay. Law & Order. He's on Law & Order. So I was like, well, wait a minute. Now. Law & Order and Sex and City were shot around the same timeline. So I researched it out. He actually did both at the same time. So he would shoot Sex and the City during the day, and then he would go shoot Law & Order at night. Nice. And then every now and then when there's a day scene on Law & Order, then he would have to shoot the, the Sex and the City scenes at night. So basically it's kind of like they, they coordinated so then he could be on either set. Were they both from the same network? No. Well, um, uh, NBC, I guess so. No, yeah. no. Sex and the City was HBO. Okay. Yeah. And uh, yeah, it was Law one of them, their modern forward-looking networks. Yeah. Ew. I see. Yeah. HBO was kind of like broke the barrier. Like, of all the rules, yeah, right? Yeah, because it, well, it had nudity. Yeah, exactly. Oh, yeah. that's why. Yeah, yeah, it's true. They did the first ones that have nudity. It's well, true. Samantha Jones appears n- nude a couple times. That's for sure. Oh, yeah. Well, I think all All four of them. Well, I, no, I don't think. No. I don't think Sarah ever did. I don't, I don't remember seeing. No, that's seeing, right. Sarah Justin Parker never is nude, but the other three have been. I don't remember seeing yeah. Charlotte or Miranda. No, I've seen. No, I've, Miranda I did. Charlotte, yeah. I don't Miranda remember. Miranda Lott, Sarah, uh, yeah, all three of them I have, yeah. I love Charlotte. Yeah. She's adorable. So, also, here's a cool fact. Season five actually was the shortest season of all. It only had eight episodes. So, do you want to know why? Oh, dun, dun, I might dun, know dun, that dun, one, though. Dun, 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 dun. Should I blurt it? Or yeah, should, go for it. What do you think? Is it because she got pregnant? Sarah Jessica Parker? Exactly. Okay. So, Sarah Jessica Parker got pregnant, and of course, back then, CGI was not like what it is like now, where they could kind of pull that off. They just they said, you know what, we're just going to shoot the eight weeks, and then after that, we're going to have to cut cut the season short. Really, nowadays, you could pretend she's not pregnant, even oh, if she's Oh, you could pregnant? CGI that. Yeah, they could yeah, see. Yeah, but really? it'd be a lot of work. But the thing is, the way that show was shot with lots of open bar scenes and lots of walking down New York City yeah. and all that kind of stuff would have been tough. And and yeah. with the heels she was wearing, I think that there's would a bit, be tough. There's too. been other TV shows where they actually have had pregnant people, and they've shot them in a certain way. Yeah. Um, exactly. Elaine. On Seinfeld. Yeah. There's a whole season where she's pregnant. And, and we you don't know. can't tell. Huh. Yeah. For the most part, because of the clothes she wore and the way they shot her. Yeah. They, you can't tell. Well, maybe her belly wasn't too big either. Oh, no. She got pretty, pretty big. <laughs> really? Yeah. She got big? Yeah. <laughs> wow. Then that's, see, I find that really good. Um, well, the directors had to like basically, yeah. okay, how are we going to shoot this so we could, you know. It like has this, to this, be really good um, craftsmanship. Well, basically like. So, Is that a word? Yeah, yes. well, Elaine wore a lot of, like, blazers and jackets and things yeah. like that. So what they would do is you just shoot it from behind yeah. with the jacket on. So you literally, you can't see the belly the way you shot it. Shot yeah, it. sure, but then what about her face shots, you know, the shots oh, no, that she forward? Yeah, but her face shots would be, like, close-ups. Like, they'd shoot from, like, you know, here up yeah. or something. But again, that's, I think that's still good craftsmanship, oh, right? Oh, for sure. You, it shows that you're good at what you do. Well, because they weren't going to, like, they, to them, it's like, well, we can't shut the production down. We can't afford to. Yeah. So we got to do something, Right. You could pretend she's pregnant on the show, right? Yeah, no, for sure. You could have written it that like way, I, for that, sure. That's the easiest. But if you know the character, fix. 
she's never been engaged or married. I do. Yeah, yeah. I do. Yeah. But she could have had a one night stand or whatever. Yeah, but then, <laughs> but then, you, but have then to, you have to write in yes, a baby. Yes. And yeah. then you have to have, and that, yeah. so that wouldn't work. I can, I'm I can sure see. Jerry Seinfeld goes, no, we're not doing it. Like, we're no not. No baby. Yeah, no baby. Yeah. Yeah. But the cool uh, fact was that the outfits that they wore, they never wore more than twice. And Sarah Jessica Parker actually was able to keep all of her outfits and even her shoes. Lucky bitch. Which were designer outfits and clothes. Ma- Jimmy Choo's. Major perk. Major what? perk. Oh my God. Can you imagine? No. And you're not even a girl to be saying that. You have no idea how much. Oh yeah. Those streets. Down, ah. They go down. Them. Manolo Blahniks. <laughs> the Jimmy Choo's. Yeah. Also too, but you think about it. If she's wearing that, say out in public, okay, and she's obviously shot in the show. And she's wearing it on public. It's almost like now fashion is going to follow her because all these paparazzis, right? Yeah. So all of a sudden, like that fashion, whatever she's wearing, is now going to be the in thing mm-hmm. to wear. So actually, she's almost like she's dictating what fashion is going to be. Well, Sex and the City did that, right? Oh, for, for sure. The I imagine. Time. Yeah, yeah, for sure. I mean, the cocktails as well. Yep. Uh, Cosmopolitan basically became a giant drink that just exploded during yeah. the uh, the early nineties. And late then 90s, cocktails 80s. have been exceedingly popular since. Yeah. All of a sudden, like wow. Fresh ingredients. Let's do that. Yeah. And it's like, yay for us. So there's some cool facts about Sex in the City that you might have not known. You've got mail. Oh, yay. So Tiffany. Mailbag. Tiffany sends an email and she asks. Yes. Is it a big deal to have a chilled glass for cocktails such as a martini or a Cosmo? Now, the question, again, so that question, obviously, is important. Yes, I mean, if you're a bartender and you're doing your job correctly, or if you're making even at home, yes, you do want a chill glass. You do want a chill martini or coupe glass when you're making these drinks like a martini or a cosmopolitan. Because as soon as you put any of these drinks into a warm glass, you are going to f- basically affect the temperature of the, of the cocktail and also the chemistry of the cocktail. Um, to even the point where I've done a seminar just recently about martinis at a bar, and I even explained to the bartenders there, like, not only do you want to chill your glass, but you also want to chill your olives. You want to chill maybe even your cherries, if you're putting cherries in there. Uh, anything to do with the drink, you want to basically chill down. Now, if you can't have room in your fridge or, or your freezer to put your glasses in there to chill them down, you can do what me and Mark talked about on the last show, which basically is, uh, but while you're preparing your drink, is to take that glass, put some ice in it, put some water in it, uh, pretty well close to the top. And then what that's going to do is it's going to chill that glass down while you're making your drink. And then what you're going to do is before you, you pour your drink into the glass, obviously dump the ice and the water out, and then you've got a, a nice chilled glass now. So, yeah, so you want to make sure those things are chilled. Even the dry vermouth, when I make a martini, the dry vermouth is even chilled. That even That's how important it is. So it does make a, a, a difference in the martini or a cosmopolitan. Like we mm. even chilled our glasses today. We chilled our glasses today. We didn't chill it. We wouldn't have no cherry or anything like that, but that would have been chilled as well. Exactly. So that is the answer to that question. I hope that was the right answer there for you, Tiffany. Yeah, it's really good to, if you can get those things as chilled as possible, especially for anything like a daiquiri or any of these ones like we talked about last week. Yeah. Chilling the glasses is a... It's a huge factor. Yeah. Yeah. Because, I mean, you're actually shaking and chilling the drink, so you may as well chill the glass to go along with it, so then, you know... Glasses it stays cold, colder longer. That's right. It won't, won't go, it won't go warm much faster. So there you go. It seems like it is a big deal, yeah. Tiffany. Exactly. Cool. So that is our show, folks. I hope that you guys got some information there. How would you guys like the drink? Very I know you nice. both tried it out. Very nice. Excellent. Yeah, and it actually was really good because even Paula's like, no, oh, thumbs up on this. Yeah, yeah I think like, the Ooh. only other time I had one before, they did, like you mentioned, they just they just cranberried it to death. Yeah, nothing so worse than it that. it tasted like... I agree. I think I think I have also tried it. And it was very red, and I was like, ew. Yeah. Yeah. 
Nothing worse than that. I just see that and I'm just like, oh my God, that's not the way it's supposed to be. Yes, on TV they do that. I guess for probably just for the picture or the way they shoot it. Yeah. It just, they can see it. it. Just, I think it's more relatable, right? When it's yeah. redder. Yeah. Because I think when it's light pink, it's the proper way. You probably wouldn't even notice it's pink on TV. Exactly. So I guess they just... It'd be more know. transparent. Yeah. Plus yeah. with the big tra- big martini glass yeah. with this big see-through red drink. That, yeah. Yeah. I think yeah. it's it's more for the, TV. the eye factor, right? Yeah. The, I exactly. wanted, yeah. So, but yeah, I think I even got a, a bit tipsy. I wasn't expecting it to, <laughs> to be. A tipsy co-host. All yeah. right. <laughs> I wasn't expecting it to be this. Um, there we go. <laughs> that it would hit this way, but it's so nice. I He's actually. just going to pass out on the couch here. There I we enjoyed go. it. <laughs> there we go. Yeah. Don't mind me. <laughs> yeah, it's not, she'll be there. She'll be fine. That's all good. So I'll yeah. just take a brief nap before driving <laughs> That's home. Right before she drives home, exactly. That's why we have a couch in our studio. Do, That's right. Does this thing have enough that I can't dr- drive? Uh, no, no. You're you're pretty good. You're pretty good. Oh uh, no, I'm not. But sure. <laughs> <laughs> if you say yeah, so. actually, Cosmopolitan, a good question. Actually, Cosmopolitan can creep up on you. So I mean, there are very tasty drinks, but please drink wisely. And responsibly. So, yes, be careful. Well, yeah, they'd be like similar to martinis. Yes. Right? Lots of alcohol in there. Yeah. There's lots of alcohol, so be very careful when you drink these. Because it's all pretty and it looks like cotton candy and all, but... But there's a lot of alcohol in there. Oh, it did creep on me. Yeah. I was not expecting that. She's all that. warm and tingly now. Here we go. And my eyes keep shutting and I don't know why. <laughs> she wants to take a nap. <laughs> well, then on that note, we better tell everybody who we are before you pass out. Who are we? We are www.tikicentralcanada.ca. Or .com. There we go. And on that main page, you will see the recipes to this Cosmopolitan. And we'll also do the modern there as well and also to the whole episode descriptions and everything about it so anyways yes yeah, so on that page you'll see there mark's adventures is on there so if you want to know something about any tiki bars that uh, he's been to or pictures of pictures he's been to or menus of any tiki bar he's been to we will do mark's adventures when we do come back so mark has to do some research and some writing now he's like great i got so, work some now. remembering yeah, it's like if you can't yeah. remember them, that's the thing, you know, and also just like, you know, he just has to do research, but he has to like, okay, I have to remember exactly how that place was laid out. Let's see. Not going to be adventuring anytime. Not soon. No, no, for sure. No. Uh, we got a few in the, uh, we, problem is we can do some adventures in Canada, but there's very few here. Tiki bars in Canada. Yeah. Exactly. There's yeah. Two. Toronto and Vancouver. That's yeah. it. Yeah. There's two. And there's uh, two places you don't want to go right now. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. There's two uh, further east, but uh, we'll get there. Maybe by the end of the summer. They're there shut too, aren't they? The east is, is shut um, for the rest of us, isn't no, it? No, you can go to, you can visit uh, motels now in Quebec now. Oh, Quebec, yes, but yes. you can't go to the no. east, east no, coast. No, they're not that far. Okay. <laughs> on that note, anyways, yeah. So there is a recipe page. There's also an episode page. And we'll notice that there's a new format. So basically what it is is that you go to the top. There's a table of contents on both those pages. You click on either episode or recipe that you want. And it brings you down to where you want to go. So you don't have to scroll all the way down. Very now, the, modern. And the cool thing we've actually added is that now, okay, you want to go back to the top of the page, you just click on the little arrow, and it brings you back to the top of the page. It's millennial style. I know. Yeah. We've, uh, we've moved up in technology here. There That's we right. go. Yes, we Look at us go. Look at us go. I yeah. know. And uh, yes, we have a cool links page. So the Hey Bartender movie, there is a link for that. So if you're really interested in seeing about metropolitan bartenders and their lifestyle and how they basically grew the cocktail industry. You can check that out. Uh, Delta graph book will probably be on there. I'll check that out. If it's not on there, I will put it on there for you. And uh, yeah, so we're actually going to go off and make some more drinks. I know that Mark is only two right now and needs a third one. So uh, we'll go off and make another cosmopolitan. (laughs) 
And uh, Paula is probably done because she's had her blue Hawaiian and a bit of a cosmopolitan. So she's uh, floating right now. <laughs> I'm like, going cloud nine. <laughs> she's going. It's it. Yeah. She's, cloud nine. She's already there already. Yeah. yeah she's called first coach. <laughs> That's right. She's calling. It dibs on the couch already. So there you go. <laughs> so on that note, folks, we're going to go off and make some drinks. And uh, please stay tuned. And uh, thank you for listening. Cheers. Bye. Aloha. Well, I don't know about you, but I got informed. Guys, hey, guys, where's my drink? Just to cut into it, it's like nothing worse. Like I'm sure you've had this happen, Mark, where like you're driving along and you're like, okay, let's go to dinner somewhere tonight. Okay, cool. Where do you want to go? Oh, you decide. And then you're like, okay, maybe Mexican. No, no not there. I don't want Mexican. <laughs> uh, maybe China. No, you know, I'm not into China. Like, it's okay. Where do you want to go? No, no. Remember, like as I said, you can decide. I'm like, yeah, but I'm not deciding. Apparently, everything I'm picking, you don't want to go to. So what do you decide? I don't know. I don't know what I want. <laughs>